This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Visit SmartGolfDeals.com for promotions and savings. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Oh, good afternoon, Toronto. A weekday edition of GTC, and gotta tell you, first time in a long time, I stared out any window, and I've been on location a few times over the last couple weeks, but the first time in weeks, I'm looking out the window, and I'm not seeing crystal clear blue skies. Now, all the forecast is calling for end-of-the-world rain, so if you're heading to the golf course, keep your eye on the skies, because there is some electricity as well in the area, but has yet to happen. But Bob, you know what? At the end of the day, I have spoken to, oh, I'm going to say about a half a dozen golf pros and superintendents and club managers in the last week. And they're all just praying for just a little bit of rain. It has been weeks since we've had a good downpour. The courses need it. Weather's been fantastic, but we need a little moisture right now. Definitely. Definitely a little softening it up. And uh, I think the the skies are going to provide for that, and I think, in fact, where I am right now, looking out the window, it's raining. So there you go. Just just like that, Mark, you come on the air, you make a request for it, I look out the window, and it's raining. I didn't know how much power you actually have here, but that's a great rain dance you were doing at your place over there. Uh, yeah, the Italian rain dance. That's a new one for sure, I tell you. Um, did you play this week? Before we jump into it, we spoke. We didn't speak Saturday morning. Um, it was Adam and I. So, did you get out and play some golf? I'm assuming you were at Weston. Was it in great shape? It is. I did. I had a little round on uh, Saturday where I could not sink a putt from three feet. <laughs> like I missed four of them. So a little struggle. And then uh, I have a little standing game. Just starting actually now. A little standing nine hole game on Monday evenings with my dad, who's 88. And uh, still bats it around like a champion. Hits it. Uh, I he hit every fairway last night. Now they only went about 160 yards, but hey, listen, he hit every fairway. I don't know. I think he shot. I think he shot about 53 or 54. So that's not bad when you're 88 years old. That's amazing when you're 88 years old. Good on him. I got out with my uh, father this weekend as well for nine at the hunt for some Father's Day. Nice. And uh, same type of thing, Bob. Bunt it down the middle, scrape it along the ground, but he's putting well for a change. It's uh, That's normally a bit of an Achilles heel for him, and he's making some putts, so good for him. And uh, it was fun to get out. I hope everybody had a a great Father's Day weekend. Got out and played some golf. We've got lots to get to. Uh, Scully had a chance to uh, connect with Jason Sobel uh, from the Action Network. Uh, of course, Jason was formerly Golf Channel, been around a long time. Uh, one of the finer writers uh, in the game down in the U.S. Actually, Jason's got a great vibe to him. Uh, he's got a good energy to be around out there on tour. Uh, we're going to run that interview for you today. They caught up on a bunch of issues and a bunch of topics in the world of golf, including when we might see Tiger Woods. And I keep getting asked that everywhere I go, and I'm just throwing my hands in the air because Memorial seems to be the obvious one, but who knows? We're going to do winners, we're going to what? We're going to do stardom, sit'em. We've been starting some fantasy talk here and some uh, a little gambling talk on the world of golf for the last couple of weeks here on Golf Talk Canada. We came close in week one with Colin Morikawa, 
And in week two, Adam Scully hits the grand salami, calling out Webb Simpson to win the RBC Heritage, and he gets it done. And we will recap that Webb Simpson uh, win at Heritage uh, coming up in our next segment. Of course, Webb, uh, his second win of the year, now vaulting into the top five on most important lists, including the FedEx Cup and Ryder Cup. He actually takes the lead in the FedEx Cup points race. So... Uh, great win for Webb Simpson. We will get to that as well. Lots to get to. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues. But first, let's do some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. Well, Bob, uh, the lead right now for me in the world of golf this week, it started off with a weak rumor out of a British publication that you and I went back and forth with on text trying to figure out if there was any validity to the, to the story or not. But since then, now publications like Golf Digest also reporting that the Ryder Cup will be postponed to 2021, which pushes back a lot of things, including the President's Cup, and including Rome, was supposed to be 2022, so Rome would be 2023. Not the first time this has happened. Uh, You'll recall 9-11, the horrors of 9-11 pushing back uh, the the Ryder Cup and President's Cup and changing the years. Um, Nothing official yet from PGA of America, however. The only thing that came out from the PGA of America was a statement that said they they are still on track to have the event as scheduled. So I think there's still a uh, while I'm I'm leaning in favor of the story that says it's going to be canceled. I'm still a little bit skeptical as to exactly things going on right now. As you and I were talking back and forth, you know, the British story, as is so often the case in British, not often, but as is sometimes the case in with British papers, was unattributed, didn't say that it came from a source. It just kind of you know, wrote it. And, and I'm always a little um, wondering, left wondering as to where they come from or if this is something that uh, they just heard as a rumor or something. Um, it was previously reported, I should point out, like about in March, I think, that they were going to do this. So who knows? We'll wait for the official statement. But if it does go, it's an interesting chain reaction, as you said. I'm sort of surprised now that the PGA Tour would sort of simply agree to move the President's Cup another year. Um, you know, the President's Cup has become, in the last couple of editions, a pretty big event. It's not as big as the Ryder Cup by any means, but I don't know if that gives the Ryder Cup any right to just kind of say, okay, you guys move back another year too. But maybe they're all just trying to play nice and, and get it done. But um, one way or the other, we're going to find out pretty soon because the, the deadline is approaching. See, I look at this in a few different ways, Bob, and I, I think you hit a bit a bit of a nail on the head. There's no way the PG of America is doing this uh arbitrarily on their own they're talking to the tour and they're negotiating with the tour and 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 they're going to need the pga tours buy-in to postpone the president's cup and although the pga championship moving to may in the new schedule in a non-covid environment i think is a good thing for the pga championship and the pga of america somewhere behind a closed door bob i think the pga of america is saying to the pga tour we did you a favor. We did you a solid by by moving our championship to May so you could rework your FedEx Cup friendly, let's not go against the NFL schedule. We need your help now. We need a favor back. We got to po- postpone this Ryder Cup. Do you think there's any of that going on? 
I'm sure there's negotiations at the table. These guys talk all the time back and forth when they were trying to put the schedule back together in the early days. You know, all the, as they call it, the, fam, the, the big five families of golf, the PGA of America, PGA Tour, the RNA, the LPGA Tour, um, and Augusta National all sat down and said, okay, let's try and sort this out so everybody's happy. The one thing about the Ryder Cup is it's a big moneymaker for both the PGA and especially for the European Tour. So it, it may be a case where they don't want to hold it without the gate and all without the fans coming in because they just simply can't afford it. But can they afford to kind of hang on for another year without getting their cash? In some cases, you know, the European Tour, there was an old saying that they used to survive. They would have the Ryder Cup one year and survive on its profits the next three years. Mm-hmm. So um, there may be something along those lines as well that's that going on in the negotiations. And, of course, we're having this conversation because uh, the reason they would postpone it is because they would have to have the event by, by, all, by all recent accounts. It appears that they would have to have the Ryder Cup without fans, without spectators in, in attendance. The PGA has confirmed the story that Bob and I were talking about several weeks ago, that the PGA Championship in August, early August, at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco will not have spectators. Ryder Cup being a different animal. If there's one golf tournament in the world that that almost needs spectators in a sense to feel the same, look the same, uh, be treated the same, I think the Ryder Cup would lead that list. And maybe the back nine on Sunday at Augusta may be number two uh, in that lineup. Uh, so if they can't have it with fans, is it worth doing? Of course, a lot of the players suggesting that they would not play if there wasn't fans. We're asking you, our Twitter audience, we have a poll going right now at Golf Talk Canada. So at Golf Talk Canada, we're asking you if they could, if the, if the Ryder Cup was going to be played without spectators, would you have it or would you postpone it? Would you rather have a Ryder Cup for, you know, just for the sake of having one? You'd rather have something rather than nothing? Or are you in the boat of a Brooks Kepka and a Rory McIlroy who have already verbalized, hey, if we can't have fans... We don't want to do it. So hit us up on Twitter. Let us know. We'll jump into that into uh, hour two with Adam uh, Scully as well. Alleg- 11 negative test results, Bob. Very positive coming out of the RBC. Of course, those are the players and the people that had contact with um, Nick, uh, Nick Taylor, not Nick Taylor, excuse me, um, <laughs> Nick, Nick Watney. Nick Watney after his positive corona test. So Nick Watney, the 11 people he came into contact with have uh, tested negative. Uh, Very uh, positive, so to speak, results out of those 11 negative results. Yeah, these were the people who were in the inner circle, I guess. Uh, It included Vaughn Taylor and Luke List who played with them and their caddies. Um, It also included his physiotherapist. So a lot of people who were near and around him came back negative, which is great. And that's the second set they did one right after, uh, basically on Friday morning after they knew that um, that uh, Watney was, was positive. And those came back negative, and now the second set has as well. I did speak to somebody at the, uh, at the tournament this week, and he said he would be shocked, however, if there are not more positive tests this week just because of everything that was going on down in Hilton Head last week and all the craziness and... Uh, he said, "You just never know. You never even know that there was a pandemic on. By the way, the bars were full, the restaurants were full, the beaches were full. So, uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that doesn't happen. But, uh, but be, just be prepared, folks. It could, there could be something going on. And it's and what and what this is, unfortunately, in my opinion, Bob, is it's a statement on the on the individual, not necessarily the tour." 
because the tour can only do so much to keep you in that bubble. And if you're going to go out to restaurants and you're going to hang out in jam-packed areas, if you make that choice uh, a- as an individual, um, then you're also making the choice that, that you might, you might uh, catch this virus. That's just, that's just the way it is. So um, it's going to be unfortunate. I hope my fingers are crossed, Bob, that every single player out there is taking this very seriously and not putting themselves in the position of crowded patios, crowded beaches, etc. One can only hope. Finally, in closing, before we move on to the other side where we will jump into Webb Simpson and the RBC Heritage from the weekend. Golf Channel, it was announced a few months ago, they're going to move uh, the, the majority of their production and office space uh, up to Stanford, Connecticut. Of course, they probably want to be close to the WWE headquarters. Why else would you move to Stanford, <laughs> Connecticut? Uh, but some layoffs going to be coming with that, uh, both for the amount of people that move and also the amount of people that stay on the Golf Now side and the Golf Advisor side. Layoffs coming, and apparently, Bob, those layoffs are coming at, at, potentially in every column. So it's not just office production, etc. We may see some on-air talent uh, as well, uh, not back with Golf Channel in the next uh, week or so. It's a real shame. And basically they're going to start, they're going to have a first wave at the end of August and then another one a little bit later in the year. And they're going to ask people to uh, reapply for a smaller pool of jobs if they so want to be so desired. And I think, you know, a number of people were probably not going to move to Connecticut anyway if they were Florida, Orlando residents. But uh, there are some very talented people both in front of the camera and behind the camera who uh, I feel very sad for today. Yes, never good. And it's just unfortunately for the majority of the world, uh, the current environment uh, we're all having to live in. I'm sure it's hit everyone listening at, to some degree. Uh, if they're listening to the show today, they have a loved one, someone they someone in their family, immediate family, etc., that is going through something very similar. So anyway, we all have friends at Golf Channel. We all have friends at CBS, etc., our friends that cover golf south of the border, and uh, we wish them nothing but the best. On the other side, let's jump into this Webb Simpson win, Bob. I got some putting stats on the Friday that are just absolutely obscene. Maybe the greatest putting day of Webb Simpson's life on the Friday of the RBC. We're also here from Webb. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the drivers so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back, Golf Talk Canada. Bob, guess what? That rain's arrived in the East End. It is there you go. I sent it over. over be, thank there me. You well, thank you. Just did you lean out the window, <laughs> give it a good blow out the window, send it my way. Uh, Webb Simpson, uh, second win of the year. Uh, he's becoming a top five, top ten machine. Um, quietly now has moved to first in the FedEx Cup points race. He is inside the top six automatic spots that qualify for the Ryder Cup, assuming there still is a Ryder Cup. He is inside the top five 
in the world, in the official world golf ranking, 65-65, 68-64. Before I get your take on what transpired at the RBC, Bob, check out some of these numbers that I stumbled across. You know, it's such a great story, and you and I have this chat all the time about guys who, you know, uh, Bernard Longer, how many times did he go through the yips in his career? How many times did he have to reinvent his putting stroke? You know, Webb Simpson was part of the, oh, that group with uh, Keegan Bradley and, and a few others that when the anchor band went in place, that kind of got lost in the wilderness and had to fight their way back. And, you know, he kind of fell in love with an arm anchored style with pencil grip and, you know, whatever gets in a hole. Check out these putting numbers, Bob, from the Friday 65. His, this is where it ranks career for him. Feet of putts made. How many feet of putts he made in one round? 186 feet, 0.7. Almost 187 feet of putts in one round. Best of his career. Putts made from 10 feet or more. Eight. Best of his career. Putts made from 15 feet or more. Five. Best of his career. Putts made from outside 20 feet or more. Three best of his career strokes gained putting in one single round plus 6.01 so basically six strokes better than the rest of the field bob with just the flat stick for one day that is not an accum number that is not a thursday friday accum strokes gained that is a single day strokes gained totaled of plus six across 18 holes i mean absolutely obscene no <laughs> it's ridiculous the one other stat that I saw was for the end of the week, he made 56 of 57 putts from seven feet and in. And, you know, talk to anybody on the tour and they'll say, first of all, that's a ridiculous number. But those seven footers, those are the ones that are often the difference between winning and finishing top five. You know, if, if he makes three less than that or whatever, you know, then, then he's not, not winning the tournament. And you know, and I know how tough those are to to make on a consistent basis, and to go fifty six of fifty seven, I mean that's just insane. Now you and I both agreed, and Adam, we should say, you know, again, kudos to Adam for starting him and making him his pick for the week. But uh, both Colonial and RBC are Webb Simpson ballparks. Um, you know, he's going to pick ballparks that are going to certainly suit him. Uh, that being said, though, I, I, you know, he's. Again, top five in the world now. Um, are we seeing, Bob, a new level of Webb, a, a different player who is just, you know, peaking and finding an, a new gear, so to speak? And, and we should, this guy should be on our radar the rest of the year moving forward, uh, regardless of the size of the ballpark and the track? Or is, just, is this just a little sweet spot he has found in his schedule? And when we get the TPC Harding Park, it's going to be hard for him to to play in those ballparks with the Kepkas and the Rorys of the world. No, you know, I think uh, I think that if you look uh, at the last year for Webb Simpson, is prior to missing the the cut at Charles Schwab, he played nineteen events. He'd missed the cut in one. In those nineteen events, fourteen were inside the top twenty, including his win at at Phoenix. So he's been Mister Consistency for I don't know how long now, but but it's just amazing to. Um, I don't know. It's amazing to watch him watch him progress, especially as you said after having to switch over from the anchor band. And if you want to, you know, we may not think that he's a great pick here this week at, at Travelers. Uh, twenty thirteen, he tied for fifth, and in twenty seventeen, he tied for eighth. 
So he's got some he's got some track record around here. He did miss the cut the last time he played here two years ago, but but still, um, you know, we know what it's like when you get come off a win. However, it's always tough to repeat the next week because you got so many extra duties to do. But um, I'll tell you, if, if if Webb Simpson's putter continues like it has, then he might be able to do it. All right, we're going to hear from Webb on the other side of hearing from Webb, Bob. I want to get your winners and losers uh, from the week at RBC because for me, there's some real glaring, obvious ones on. Uh, both sides of that fence. But before we do, let's hear from our champion, Webb Simpson. Yeah, it's a, it's, I think it's a both and. It's, it's both staying in your own lane, worrying about yourself, but also you got to know what's going on. Um, I think had I not looked at the leaderboards, I would have thought 20 was enough. But I'm looking there on 12, I looked at the leaderboards, and then the next leaderboard, maybe we have one on 13, but I was just amazed guys were still, tons of guys were shooting low scores and making birdies. And so that made me not change a whole lot, but just attack a little bit more and make sure that all my putts were getting to the hole. I left a couple putts short on the front, but I made sure I didn't do that on the last seven holes. All right, Bob Webb Simpson, big win. We'll have our eye on him now and on the radar the rest of the way. Okay, Bob, some winners and losers from the RBC. For me, there's two glaring ones, and they both kind of had similar tournaments. One was on my radar, one was not. Big winner, Sergio Garcia, Bob. A T5. When's the last time you've seen Sergio Garcia in a top five on a PGA Tour uh, leaderboard? He moves up 55 spots on the FedEx Cup points list from 181 to 126. He opened the week in neutral, uh, 70. In fact, the round of 70 on Thursday at the RBC actually would have put you sending you in the wrong direction. That would have sent you in reverse, even though it's a round of even par. The golf course was getting just run over. So he was going backwards at even, but he follows it up with 65, 65, 65, 19 under par. Great week for Sergio Garcia. Justin Rose, similar story, Bob. You know, I started Justin this week because I thought what I saw at Colonial was going to really kind of trampoline him towards something, and I was almost bang on on Justin Rose. He finishes 16 under par at a T14, but again, he opens up with a 70, so he opens up going backwards just like Sergio, but goes 67, 66, 65, you know, if there was one more round left in this tournament or he could have Thursday over again, Justin Rose would have poked around the leaderboard uh, near the end come Sunday. Flip side of that coin for me, Bob, and I know you've brought up a couple of these gentlemen uh, previously, one in particular, uh, Jason Day. Jason Day, 71-69. Uh, you know, where is that from Jason Day? Just I, Such a great player. Uh, just nothing seeming uh, seemingly to go well right now. Is the back bothering Jason? Who knows? I'd like to know more about what's happening in the Jason Day camp. And this one, a glaring one, Bob. Where's Ricky Fowler been? Here he is again with another miscut from Ricky Fowler, seventy-two, sixty-seven. Those are gl- he's a glaring uh, a loser uh, for me too. If we're you know in terms of winners, losers coming out of the RBC, Ricky's got to get it going and find something quickly. All right, Bob, who are your winners and who are your losers from RBC? Well, you know, I went back to look at uh, at Sergio Garcia just to to kind of go in through there a little bit, and it's interesting to note, and I didn't realize this. 
that he's played terrible on the PGA Tour, but he's played great on the European Tour. He had a win at the KLM Open late last year. He had a tie for six at the DP World Tour Championship. That's the European Tour Championship. Tie for tie for eighth in Abu Dhabi. Tie for sixth in Saudi Arabia. Um, but for some reason, on the U.S. Tour, he's just been nowhere. And and it's it's interesting to uh, to point out that difference. But uh, getting back to the, the original question. Um, for, for me, another great week for Daniel Berger. I mean, the guy just continues to roll along, right? He's he's amazing at how well he play, has played from coming back from essentially, uh, you know, a, a three months off with a wrist injury. Um, the other guy who caught my eye was Joaquin Neiman, who's a, a young, such a young player, such a young talent, won before the pandemic shut down in the start of the year. And I am starting to see, I'd heard so much about this. He's managed by the same people who look after Sergio Garcia. And Carlos, who was the manager, told me, you got to watch out for this guy. We'd seen him when he won the Latin American Amateur. But he said, you're going to have to watch out for this guy. But give him some give him some, some leash, he said, because it's going to take him a while to mature. Because he's not only young, but he was um, a young individual, if, if that makes sense. Young in, mm-hmm. in kind of mind and body and, and trying to get, you know, learn how to travel in a different country. Um, things like that. So that, to me, was uh, was a huge bonus to see that kid pop up there. I also had Ricky Fowler kind of picked out and uh and the other one that jumped out for me was Jim Furyk. I know he's 50, but this is a golf course it's so perfect for him. He's won on it twice before. He missed the cut as well. 69-71. I I I got to kind of think that Jim Furyk is uh is going to play the rest of this season as much as there is and then perhaps figure out if he wants to just kind of move over full-time to the Champions Tour where I'm sure the courses are a little bit shorter for him anyway. And speaking of Furyk, Bob, he'll have a quick turnaround to see if he can redeem the week. He'll head to the Travelers, 6,800 yards from the tips, one of the shortest golf courses, if not the shortest on the PGA Tour, and a spot where he shot 59 up there at uh, TPC up at the Travelers. So we'll see if uh, Furyk can turn around, but I'm with you. I think the transition for Jim's going to happen sooner rather than later, kind of the opposite of what I anticipate with Phil Mickelson. And before we go to break, Bob, to your point on Sergio Garcia and the play in the European Tour, proofs in the numbers. Official World Golf Ranking, he's 35th. FedEx Cup, he's 126. There's the difference of what he's done on the European Tour that has uh, sustained a decent uh, official World Golf Ranking and FedEx Cup just to his play, right, in America. So... On the other side, uh, Adam Scully, our, our producer, uh, had the opportunity to speak with Jason Sobel, one of the, the finer writers in the game, and talk about a whole plethora of golf topics uh, currently going on in the world of golf. We'll hear from Jason Sobel next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. 
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Still tons to get to on today's show. Stardom, sit'em, winners, weird, and what. We'll take a look at our Twitter poll regarding the playing or postponing of the Ryder Cup. But Jason Sobel is one of the senior writers south of the border covering the game of golf, formerly of Golf Channel, now with Action Network. So many topics to cover the restart, the Ryder Cup. Where is Tiger? Adam had a chance to speak with Jason Sobel. Pleased to be joined by Action Network golf writer Jason Sobel. Jason, thanks for taking the time with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, it, it's exciting times. It's uh, strange times, but we're finally back in the swing of things with golf, at least. Yeah, we sure are. Okay, how would you assess the first two weeks of the PJ Tour restart? How have it gone so far? Way smoother than I ever would have thought. I mean, I, I spent the first week watching the Charles Schwab Challenge from Colonial thinking, where's the butt? Where's the bump in the road? Where's the issue? Something's going to happen. And really, there wasn't anything. I mean, you, you know, I was waiting for the, okay, it's a great leaderboard, but, and the course looks really good, but, and mm-hmm. with that, other than not having spectators, you know, it looked pretty good, but, and, and there was just no but. And then, you know, we got to uh, Harbor Town for the RBC Heritage last week. And yes, there was a positive test case uh, with Nick Watney. And I've heard a lot of people criticize the PGA tour for opening up and playing events and having a, a player test positive. But my contention is that isn't that why you're doing this testing and the fact that it's not just one test when you arrive on Monday and then, okay, the people administering those tests uh, go home and leave for the week. It's they stick around. Somebody feels uh, whether it's symptomatic or just feel like they need another test, they can get a test done Watney tested positive. Everybody who had been around him tested negative. That's kind of how it's supposed to work. So, yeah, ideal situation. Nobody would test positive, and it would be business as usual. But uh, this is sort of the next best thing um, as far as uh, being safe and going through those protocols. You mentioned uh, no fans there. It's been a little strange seeing it on the telecast, but uh, there's some rumors going around now that the Ryder Cup is going to be postponed until 2021 Mm -hmm. without any fans. I don't know about you, but I I think it would just be very strange to see a Ryder Cup without fans. What do you think? Yeah, it certainly would be. And I think there's a reason why guys like Rory McIlroy and John Rahm and Brooks Koepka have all expressed that idea over the last uh, month or so, saying, look, I I really don't want to play in a Ryder Cup that doesn't have fans. And I don't think this was ever going to get contentious between the players and the PGA of America and European tour who run the event. I don't think it was going to be something where uh, the governing bodies say we're having the event. You better show up. And the players say, if, if you run it without fans, uh, you're going to risk losing us. I, I don't think it was going to get to that point. I think they were going to work together on it. There are reports, as you said, Adam, that uh, they are going to, Uh, postpone the Ryder Cup until next year. I had heard potential plans to uh, maybe have limited capacity, but quite frankly, I I don't know what limited capacity at a Ryder Cup means because at least for the first two days, uh, you only have four groups on the course at any one time. So you've got a lot of people packed into a very small area. It's not very conducive to social distancing. So I think it's probably a smart move to move it back next year. This has been done before, uh, of course, with, uh, with 9-11, moving back uh, one of the events that year, and then, you know, kind of President's Cup and Ryder Cup switching every other year. So it, it's not unprecedented, and it's probably the best move if, uh, if it, it does indeed, you know, things continue on the same track they are right now. 
We're in conversation here with Action Network golf writer Jason Solo. Okay, Jason, let's talk about the two tournaments so far. Some of the major headlines. Uh, Daniel Berger with the victory of the Charles Schwab. Quite a great comeback story for a guy who battled some major injuries, and now he has 32 straight rounds of par or better. This is quite impressive, isn't it? He is really, really good. I mean, I, I think people are starting to understand just how good Daniel Berger is. He's also about as cocky a player about as arrogant, as confident. I don't mean that in a negative way. I think we hear arrogant and we think negative connotations, like the guy's a jerk. He's not at all, but very confident in his abilities. As confident a player as I've seen since, you know, maybe Anthony Kim was around and doing his thing. So uh, the fact that he believes in himself, believes in his abilities, I, I really love that. I've always thought uh, that's something that would rise Daniel Berger more toward the top uh, at some point in his career, and he's making that happen right now. So uh, he, he is just basically realizing the potential that he's had for an awful long time. And speaking of injuries and guys who are definitely confident in their abilities, Brooks Kepka, he's had some uh, knee issues as well. Didn't have much form before the shutdown, but now he's coming off a seventh-place finish at Harbortown. What have you seen from him during this restart? Yeah, I mean, he said he treated Sunday's final round sort of like a major championship. He wanted to test his game and see how it would go and uh, played very well, missed a couple of putts down the stretch. I mean, he really could have given a serious run at coming from behind to win that thing. But uh, I, I think Brooks is a guy who, look, it's no secret. I mean, we all know which tournaments mean the most to Brooks Kepka and which ones don't quite mean as much. If he ever starts treating all of these regular PGA Tour events like major championships, if he is indeed able to sort of give it 110%, so to speak, uh, 20, 22, 24 times a year, watch out because, I mean, the guy obviously is an immense talent. I still think he's going to sort of ease his way a little bit more into the season. I, I don't think we should expect Brooks Koepka to just start peeling off victories one after the other like he's done in the major championships. But once we get to the first week of August for the PGA Championship and then the U.S. Open and the Masters, it certainly seems like all systems go right now for Brooks Kepka and that uh, he is healthy and he is playing some, uh, some more solid golf than he was earlier in the year. A couple of years ago, Brooks Kepka made headlines when he said he bench pressed 225 pounds 15 times before the U.S. Open final round. Another guy who I think could probably bench a lot more than that now was Bryson DeChambeau. He's put on, what, 40 or 50 pounds in September, and his game is, he looks like a different human being. How impressive has this little run for Bryson DeChambeau been, especially given the transformation of his body? Uh, so I love what he's doing, quite honestly. Uh, we've got a motto at Action Network, bet on yourself. <laughs> and that's basically what he's doing. I mean, he's a top 10 player in the world. And by changing his body, by transforming, by putting on more mass and muscle, he's risking. I mean, he could turn into the 300th ranked player in the world by next year, or this could work really well and he could become number one in the world. And uh, he is betting on himself. He's taking that risk reward. I love the fact that, He's, he's not just a guy, you know, this is not a, uh, a long drive competition type guy who's just happens to be playing in PGA Tour events. He can hit it 370, 380 if he needs to, but the last two events have basically neutralized his advantage. Uh, those are pretty claustrophobic golf courses in Colonial and Harbortown, and yet he finished third at Colonial, eighth at Harbortown, which shows that he can play golf. You know, it's not just a swing it hard and go swing at the next one. I mean, he, he is a very, very good player. I think what we're going to see over the second half of the year, when we get to some courses where he really can 
take advantage of that distance that he's gained um, is that he's going to go out there and he's going to dominate some events. I would not be surprised, Adam, if coming into 2021, we see some other players look at Bryson and say, hey, he's had success with a different body type. I need to bulk up. I need to keep up with him off the tee. And I'm going to put on 20, 25 pounds and try to do the same thing that he's been doing. And we'll see the majority of the PGA Tour have six protein shakes a day and see what happens <laughs> uh, from there. At Harbortown, Webb Simpson, what an impressive performance. Second victory of the season. He's now the fifth-ranked player in the world. He had quite a run on that back nine with a lot of guys in the mix, too. Yeah, played really well. I, I quite frankly didn't see it coming for him at the turn. It just looked a little tentative for him. Just didn't look like it was all going to come together. And I, that's what separates the great players from the very good players, I think, is the fact that uh, they can turn it on, especially down the stretch on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, if you don't think Webb Simpson is one of the great players in the game right now, then you just haven't been paying attention. In his last 13 starts, he now has two wins four runner-up finishes, and one-third. That's more than half of those starts have been in the top three, more top threes than outside of the top three. That's Rory-type stuff. That's John Rahm-type stuff. That's better than Justin Thomas-type stuff. Uh, Webb Simpson might not look like much. You know, he doesn't hit it 380 off the tee like Bryson DeChambeau does. He doesn't pick off a ton of major championships. But, man, the guy is as solid as anybody out there and uh, deserves that victory, and I would not be surprised to see him get a third victory at some point. I, I thought it was funny too, Adam, the fact that he won in Phoenix this year in front of uh, more than half a million people <laughs> during the entire week. And then he won in Arbortown in front of eh, four people. So I, you know, it averages out to a pretty good number, I think for the two of them. Yeah, it certainly does. Well, one guy we haven't seen so far, I guess since the match is Tiger Woods and he looked pretty darn good in that match with mm -hmm. Peyton Manning rumors there around that he was going to play at RBC heritage. There was the yacht tracker. Of course that didn't happen. When do you think we'll see Tiger in action? I, it's a great question. I, I thought we were going to see him last week. I was very surprised that, you know, especially with the uh, yacht moving up the coast that we did not <laughs> see him playing at Harbortown, which I would have thought was a, a great course for him. He hasn't played there in, I think, 22 years. But uh, the fact that he could just rip three irons and four irons all over that golf course, it uh, we talked about Bryson DeChambeau's advantage being neutralized. Uh, that would play into Tiger's hands. His advantage right now is that he is still one of the best mid to long iron players in the world, if not the best. And so I thought that course really would have suited him well. Instead, uh, we'll see him at Muirfield Village. I I've got to think, I mean, uh, last time we saw him, as you mentioned at the match, uh, he looked healthy. He was swinging it well. There's no reason to believe that he can't go out and play in a golf tournament right now. And so I'm still trying to wrap my mind around uh, this whole Muirfield Village setup, the, they're going to have a week which replaces the John Deere called the Workday Charity Event. So uh, I don't know what the lineup is going to look like as far as the entry list and the field, if the big names are going to play. But if I'm Tiger Woods and I'm going to play in the Memorial Tournament anyway and I'm heading up to Ohio, there's no better way to prep after not having played in four or five months competitively than going out there and getting four rounds the week before. So I, I would think that he'd at least give it a thought to go play the week before on the very same golf course and then go to what's supposed to be a toughened up Muirfield Village uh, one week later. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, looking forward to hopefully seeing Tiger out very soon. Okay, Jason, before we let you go, I know you do a lot of work with fantasy sports and betting with the Action Network. We've recently mm. started a segment on Golf Talk Canada called Stardom Sit'em. Pretty self-explanatory there. I'm putting you on the hot seat. 
Who are okay. some names fans listening to this should be paying attention to this week at the Travelers Championship? Okay, so I already mentioned him. Uh, I think Bryson DeChambeau is going to be able to stretch his legs out a little bit this week. Uh, it's still a short golf course, but it's not claustrophobic like the last two. And I, I think he can go out there and, and swing at it. He's got a nice record there, a couple of top tens in the last few years. So uh, Bryson's my one guy. If you've got to make one outright bet, I like Bryson. Patrick Reed is a guy uh, on a course where – uh, a right-to-left draw. And this is why Bubba Watson's been so successful over the years. He's a lefty, hits a big fade around this golf course, hits it still right-to-left. But Patrick Reed hits this big right-to-left shot. I think that's going to work well at TBC River Highlands. Going a little bit further down the list, everybody's going to be on Abraham Answer after that ball-striking display at Harbortown this past week. And I, I can't talk you off of him. Uh, if you want to just join with the masses, uh, then Answer's going to be very popular. Joaquin Neiman is a guy I really like after playing well on Sunday. Joel Damon is a guy I really like. And then a guy I once caddied for. I got, I got his caddy bib <laughs> in the background here as we're talking. But uh, Brendan Steele, um, nine career starts at TBC River Highlands, seven top 25 finishes if you're looking for a guy that's a little bit below the radar. Well, Jason, we really appreciate your time today. I know you're on the tee very soon. Thanks for joining us. Play well. We'll do it again down the road. I'll try my best. Thanks, Adam. Jason Sobel from Action Network, and all I'm going to say is this. Great minds, we think alike. On the other side, we will tee up Hour 2, which will have Stardom Sidham. There's a little hint there for you. And uh, we'll let you, uh, we'll get you all caught up on 20 weeks of TaylorMade. This is a weekday edition of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Ready to trade the snow shovel for a 7-iron? Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to plan your golf vacation getaway today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. That's a busy hour one there, Bob. I feel like we just got started and we're uh, we're kind of done hour one. <laughs> I was kind of looking at all the stuff we got packed in here, and I was I, I sort of lost track of time. I must admit, and I thought it was like I thought we were already like ninety minutes through with everything we've had, and we're not even through the first hour yet. <laughs> uh, just want to give a heads up uh, if you've been listening to our weekday shows on Saturday, you'll know that uh, Cedar Bray uh, Golf Club had a fifty percent off initiation. Uh, promo that they extended to the first day of summer. So that that is officially behind us now. Uh, however, uh, still very uh, flexible and affordable memberships available at Cedar Bray. There is still some limited room. If you're an intermediate member, if you're 45 years of age or younger, and the younger you go, the easier it gets. And what I mean by easier, less expensive, longer finance times. If you're 20-something early 30-something, it's an absolute no-brainer. So check out cedarbraygolf.com for more information there. Uh, played it once this year, Bob. It's also in fanta fantastic shape. It usually is. Um, on the weekend, uh, Brandon Hartness uh, won a Sim Max driver. 
uh, in 20 Weeks TaylorMade. Brandon's from Saskatchewan, so thank you to Brandon. This week, we are giving away a truss putter, a TaylorMade truss Ooh. putter. That is the new uh, design from our friends at TaylorMade. Um, very unique looking uh, design, tons of technology, but the nice thing about it is when you look down on it, you don't see it. All the technology is hidden. So if you not, like, if you want modern day technology, but want a nice clean look on a putter, trust is for you. The only way you can win this trust putter, just like every other product during 20 weeks of TaylorMade, you need to follow us on social media at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram will get you inside 20 Weeks Tail Married. If you already follow us, you are already entered as we give away close to 20,000 in product throughout the entire summer on Golf Talk Canada. We will crescendo at the U.S. Open with our grand prize, a full set of tailor-made through the bag, top to bottom, treated like a tour pro for the day. That is the grand prize. That is U.S. Open Saturday coming up in September for the final week of 20 Weeks of TaylorMade. Our video podcast dropped uh, Wednesday, uh, which is today. So it's dropping. No, today's Tuesday. Tomorrow. Jeez, where's the time going? <laughs> I am completely spinning around. Tomorrow, our video podcast drops on tsn.ca uh, as Bob, Adam, and I take a much deeper plunge into the events this weekend at the RBC Heritage down in Hilton Head. That's tsn.ca uh, Wednesday afternoon. On the other side, we will kick off hour two with Adam Scully with some fantasy talk. Start them, sit them. Who do we like at the Travelers? Who do we don't like and why? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Ready to trade the snow shovel for a seven iron? Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to plan your golf vacation getaway today. Thank you for listening to Hour One of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. Stay tuned for 60 more minutes of GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada. A busy second hour. Uh, winners, weird and what coming up momentarily. We will get to our Twitter poll and some results and some roundtable discussion on if we had a magic wand, what would we be doing with the Ryder Cup? But welcoming in now for Hour 2, a gentleman who just handled that Jason Sobel interview. Well done, Mr. Adam Scully. Uh, always uh, fun to catch up with Jason. Uh, great interview. What are you up to this afternoon? Are you, are you, uh, did you have golf on the agenda today, Adam? And has that been squashed because of, of wet weather? Yeah, gentlemen, uh, good to be with you both. Uh, no golf this afternoon. However, Mama Skulls is supposed to golf in about 90 minutes. I'd say the chances of that happening are about 
40, 60 or so. But uh, as, I, as I guys, I sent you a meal of a uh, picture of my lunch earlier today. I'm, I'm not quite on the Bryson level of, uh, of protein, but I think we're, we're approaching that level. Good God! It looked like it looked you were gonna feed. Good. I thought you were gonna feed the uh, the entire golf course at Bayview with it when you showed us that plate. <laughs> I haven't eaten that much. Mu- I haven't eaten that much this week. <laughs> all right, boys. Let's. Do it, it's all about hitting bombs, on. boys. It's all yes, of course, the bomb hitting. Um, here we are, TPC River Highlands for the Travelers Championships. Oh, just a hair over sixty-eight hundred yards. So notoriously short, guys. Uh, for a modern-day layout. It is a par 70, traditionally uh, known as a birdie barrage. Jim Furyk's 58 has happened here. Annually, we get a boatload, large buckets of 62s and 63s. I was on a Stuart Sink 59 watch here a couple of years back on the radio team. Uh, And for such a short golf course, it's kind of strange because unlike week one and week two of the PGA Tour reboot season, this golf... Uh, this golf course here in this tournament has not been necessarily a plotter's paradise. Uh, anyone can win here at TPC River Highlands, and bombers have done quite well here. Bubba Watson, for instance, he has won three times here at the Travelers Championship on this golf course. I think that speaks to the risk-reward element of this golf course, especially the back nine and the final four holes. There is a lot of risk-reward and if you have distance and you're a bomber and you can take advantage of the risk reward with your distance, you can find yourself the winner's circle. A lot of bombers are in the field. Mickelson's back this week after spending the week off with his family celebrating his birthday and Father's Day. And the top five players in the world are back in the field again this week for the third week in a row on the PGA Tour. Let's start it with the stardom. I'll kick it off because my pick's already been spoiled, boys. I said, great minds think alike when we came out of the Jason Sobel <laughs> interview. I'm starting Bryson DeChambeau. I'm with Jason Sobel on this one. This is not a bold pick. This is not a big, bold pick like Colin Morikawa two weeks ago. This is a no-brainer. In fact, Bryson, in most betting houses, is somewhere between the fourth to seventh favorite on 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 the uh, on the betting sheets, only behind names like Rory and and, and Kepka. Uh, Bryson is one of the favorites this week, coming off a T eight at Heritage, coming off a T three at Charles Schwab. He gets to let the Kraken out this week, so to speak. The distance will be an advantage. He was T eight here last year, so he likes the golf course already, and I believe he's playing better now than he was a year ago when he finished T eight. A uh, bit of a side note here, this is the first event back since the reboot of the schedule that actually is in its original date, so no changes for the Travelers. Golf course will play the way it always does annually. And it's a birdie barrage, and Bryson uh, makes a lot of birdies. Is in the top 20 uh, on the PGA Tour in, in birdies made per round. I like Bryson DeChambeau. He's not going to get you a ton of value, but I like starting him this week. Bob, who's your starter? Well, uh, I didn't go out on quite as much of a ledge as you, Mark. You know, I know taking DeChambeau was really, really <laughs> sticking your nose out there. Uh, no, I uh, I actually did do a little bit of a sort of a, uh, a less obvious kind of guy. I went with J.T. Poston. And J.T. Oh. Poston has had, uh, yeah, isn't it not even a familiar name to that many players or uh, people listening, golf fans out there. 
But he's had two top tens so far in the return. He finished tied for eighth uh, last week and tied for tenth the week before that. What I like about him is he's uh, he's great around the greens and on the greens. So he led the field last week in strokes gained around the green. He uh, was sixth in strokes gained putting. He's st- eighth in strokes gained putting over the entire year, which is great. And as I said, his last eight rounds all in the 60s. So um, I kind of like where he's uh, where he's coming from, and and uh, he's he's a young up and coming guy. So you'll probably get good value for him too. That is a, a bold pick and a value pick, Bob. I, I, I like it. You're going out there. That's in. That's along the Colin Morikawa lines. I'd say it's it's even more brave. It's even. <laughs> it's 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 a bigger selection, and uh, and you need a good comeback week, Bob, because I Kisner do. Was you put him on the? We should have benched Kisner and we started him. I think this. I think Bob's got a big comeback week here with JT Poston. All right, Scully, who are you starting this week? And a lot of pressure now. The, the the Golf Talk Canada listening community right now is going, Scully picked Webb last week. He had the winner. He ushered him home to the winner's circle. A lot of people with cash in their pocket waiting for this selection, Scully. Who are you starting this week? Well, I mean, first of all, I, I appreciate the remarks. Since you picked Colin Morikawa, he made a playoff. I picked Webb Simpson, he won. It's Bob's turn, so JT Poston is guaranteed to make a playoff, I think, this week. All our listeners should <laughs> bet on them or, or start them on your, on your fantasy team. But I, I like the JT Poston pick. He was creeping up the leaderboard as well this past Sunday. For me, my stardom this week, I'm going with Justin Rose. Not Justin Thomas, Justin Rose. T3 at Charles Schwab, T14 at the RBC Heritage. He missed a birdie putt that was three or four feet tops on the 18th hole on Sunday, or else he would have been in the top 10 for back-to-back weeks. In this restart, seven of his eight rounds are in the 60s. He's made four birdies, at least four birdies in every round. This is his first start at the Traveler since 2013, which is the week after he won the U.S. Open seven weeks ago. The PGA Tour actually just released the tee times for Thursday and Friday. He's playing with Victor Hovland and Tony Finau in round one. Mark, what do you think about that? And uh, and give us your, your sit while you're at it. Well, you know, I've, I've been on Rose. I started him this week at the RBC for the T14. I think it's a great pick. I think Rose is trending in the right direction. I think uh, that possibly you might be one week early on, on, on Rose. I'm not mm-hmm. saying you are because I do think it's a good pick. I think maybe one week uh, premature, one or two weeks maybe premature. Uh, I don't. I just. I don't know if TPC River Highlands is gonna. I don't know if he matches up there. I, I just. I, I'm thinking. To me, I'm going with the long ball this week. Is mm-hmm. is the reason why? Otherwise, I'm all over Justin Rose. I think it's a great pick, guys. I got to be honest with you, <laughs> with the history of Jordan Spieth, and the recent play from Jordan Spieth, I am shocked that no one started. Jordan Spieth this week. So I want to know if any of you guys actually considered that at any point. My sit guys, um, I'm not going far out on a limb here, uh, but, you know, I'm kind of loving the Bombers this week. I started uh, Bryson DeChambeau, but I'm going to sit a bit of a Bomber as well in Jason Kokrak. Jason Kokrak missed the cut last week at the RBC, but the week before, he was T3 at Colonial. So Kokrak looking like he was going to come out of the gates hot on the reboot. He misses the cut at RBC. He's back at a golf course that, in theory, he should do better at, and we should see a closer Jason Kokrak that we saw at Colonial than we did last week at RBC. 
For me, guys, he does not make enough birdies. Birdies per round is going to be a big stat this week. He missed the cut here last year, didn't even come close, almost finished dead last in the entire field. So, uh, you know, I'm a horses for courses kind of guy. I don't think Kokrak continues the... I think he continues the form from last week at Heritage and does not return to the form at Colonial. I'm going to sit Kokrak. He's who I'm uh, riding on the bench. Bob, who you sit in this week? Well, it's a it's again a little bit of an unusual choice, but uh, and a name that probably is on everybody's top hit list anyway. But I'm going to sit Siwoo Kim, and the reason is that I, I was looking through some of the, the numbers of players coming in here, and and Siwoo has missed his last four cuts and he's missed them badly so he's not necessarily um on his a game shall we say uh missed the four cuts he's ranked right now in vegas as a 250 to 1 favorite for this week he has done not too poorly in this tournament before a couple times he's got a couple of one top 25 one top 26 but he missed the cut last uh last year in this event so i'm gonna go and uh, put him on the bench and and uh and Hopefully the JT Poston will wave to him as he goes by. Bob, at any point did you consider starting Jordan Spieth this week? I did not, and I don't know why, to be honest with you. Obviously a winner there before, um, but I, I just for some reason didn't pick him out of the lineup. All right, uh, Isn't that amazing? Adam, who, yeah, it is. I'm just, I'm just curious because I, I did think about it. I, I, I did think about it because he has been playing well. He's shown some form. Uh, horses for courses, a former winner here. I, I was just, you know, I was, I'm not saying he was going to be my, my favorite, but, you know, I was kind of leaning to Shambo the whole way, but certainly I considered Speeth, and I was just curious if you might have done the same. Adam, uh, your cinnamon also, did you consider Speeth when you were looking at this at all before you went Justin Rose? Did, did Jordan Speeth at, at all just even touch your radar? You know what? He really didn't. Watching, I know his putting stats have improved, but watching him over putts inside of five feet he just looks so uncomfortable there's almost a couple extra notches in the forward press sometimes he backs off his putting stroke looks very fluid from 10 feet and onwards but inside that sort of six seven feet uh, foot range it's just it just looks very awkward and and he does have that ability as we well know you know from years past and what he's done the past couple of years is to hit that shot off the tee, weak to the right. We've seen that so many times from him. Uh, he was not on my radar to, to start this week, despite his uh, good uh, history at the Travelers Championship. For me, though, on the sit side of things, this might be a bit of a, maybe a bold call for some, and that's uh, Paul Casey. Paul Casey has had a good oh. career at the Travelers Championship throughout uh, T5 in 2019, T2 in 2018, lost to Bubba in a playoff in 2015, but this is his first uh, start in the PGA Tour restart. Um, and for him, I'm expecting to see some rust. And he's already had a pretty poor year around the greens. 207th in strokes gained around the greens. 210th in strokes gained putting. He'll be playing with Shane Lowry and Patrick Cantley through the first two rounds. I'm thinking Paul Casey is going to miss the cut this week. Ooh, that is a bold call coming there from Adam Scully. We should mention Roger Sloan, Corey Connors in the field. I Mac believe Hughes. Mac Hughes. And yep. David, did I see David Hearn's name here as well? No, that was when no. I was uh, t- checking out last year's leaderboard. So we've got three Canadian flags, Mac Hughes, Roger Sloan, Corey Connors in the field for Canada. Quickly, boys, around the horn before we throw it to break. Adam, Phil Mickelson, yes or no? Does Phil make the cut this week? 
He's going to hit some straight bombs this week. He's going to make the cut. Yes. Adam, uh, sorry, Bob, same to you. Phil Mickelson, make the cut this week, yes or no? Yes. Well, you know what this means, Bob. I'm a yes, too. So when we have three yeses on anything on Golf Talk Canada, that means (laughs) only one thing. It's a no, boys. That's how it works. (laughs) All right. We seem to get those one a show. We seem to get one of those a show. So... All right, guys, on the other side, let's take a look at some of these Twitter poll results. Uh, Right now, heavy rumors, lots of reports, no official word yet, uh, but all signs pointing potentially towards a postponement of the Ryder Cup. We asked our Twitter audience, if it was up to you and you had to decide between a spectator-free Ryder Cup or postponing the Ryder Cup for a year, would you play it? Would you postpone it? Let's find out what our Twitter universe says, and we'll find out what Bob and Adam would do if they had a magic wand and were making all the decisions. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Well, welcome back to GTC Week. Zakino Scully, we saw three dub coming up for you on the other side of the next break. Uh, we are chatting now, uh, Ryder Cup, uh, as we discussed off the top of the show, news and headlines. Uh, Bob and I caught an, a report early yesterday out of a British publication that uh, really didn't have any sources, really didn't uh, tag any quotes from anyone, but... Uh, you know, suggesting that uh, an announcement uh, would be coming a- a- any day now uh, from the European Tour and PGA of America the, that would be postponing the Ryder Cup uh, to 2021. Now, of course, this affects many things. President's Cup, uh, the following Ryder Cup in Rome. Um, so a lot of people at the table probably having discussions right now. Since then, however, uh, some more credible golf uh, sources have been uh, reporting uh, the same potential announcement coming. Golf Digest, of course, all, uh, being one of them as well. So um, now, you know, maybe this carries more weight than we think. All signs kind of pointing that direction. We went out to the Twitter universe and we asked, if you were unable to play a Ryder Cup with spectators, would you play the Ryder Cup this year with no fans in attendance or would you choose to postpone it to twenty? 20- 21. I'm surprised, guys. I am surprised it's this close. I I would have thought most people would have sided with a lot of the big players like Kepka and Rory and suggested that a Ryder Cup without fans in attendance is not a Ryder Cup. Uh, But only 60% right now. There's only 60%. We're going to leave this poll going 
so that we can uh, give you a final result on Thursday's edition of Golf Talk Canada Radio, same time, 12 to 2, right here on TSN 1050 iHeartRadio app. However, right now, only 60% saying postpone it, 40% saying let's have it. Bob, let's start with you. Um, if you were, uh, you know, in charge of all of this and supreme dictator of Ryder Cup and you knew you could have it, uh, but you can't have a spectator, um, what are you doing? Are you running the event or are you postponing it? I'm running it. And uh, I think the reason I'm running it is because, once again, this is a huge marquee event in golf and on the golf season, you know, maybe a quarter step behind the major championships. And I know it, it it's created a lot of it by the atmosphere with the fans there. But think of what you've got with television right now, the opportunities you have to put this thing on in front of so many people who are starved for some kind of excitement. And I think they're, uh, they're going to find a way to, to, to sort of realize that this will, be, this will make it in a different kind of way. And maybe the players aren't as excited and hooped up and everything, but there's not going to be any football going on. Who knows if there'll be any hockey or baseball at this point? Uh, no basketball, probably, or we, you know, if it is, it's going to be in its infancy. So again, you've you've got the whole world watching. Why not go ahead and hold it? Adam, are you with Bob on this? Or are you with the Twitter poll and Captain Rory? Can you have a Ryder Cup without spectators? Do you have it? Do you press the button and say yes? Do you uh, uh, fall in line with the TV audience and the importance of content right now? Yeah, to me, I, I would definitely postpone until 2021. And, I mean, a big reason for that, we see golf courses on the PGA Tour every week. There's fans fans in every hole. But for a Ryder Cup, and this is something that Jason Sobel was talking about as well, for the first two days at least, really, there's only action going on on four or five holes maybe at a time. So there's fans that are bunched together and so many more uh, on those holes. Uh, I was at the President's Cup. That's this is the only one I've been at the President's Cup back in 2017, and the amount of people that were around, it was absolutely crazy. And then I was I was trying to think back to some of the the great recent Ryder Cup moments we've seen on both sides. You know, the the meltdown or miracle at Medina, whatever way you look at. Imagine the Rory Reed final uh, Sunday match in 2016 without fans. Like you would never have seen Rory. Uh, shake his wag his finger or bow or yell I can't hear you at the top of his lungs and Patrick Reed them going back and forth we'd never see that without fans the Ryder Cup is all about fan interaction sometimes they've gone a little overboard as we've seen in in the last couple of years but even look look back to France there were what 6,500 people in the stands on the first tee alone that atmosphere was crazy to me the Ryder Cup is all about the fans the players are playing on a team they never do this throughout the year it's the team atmosphere the team aspect of it so if I were in charge I would be postponing it to 2021 when hopefully there's a vaccine and we can uh, play in front of a full capacity yeah you know I, I have a hard time saying this uh, because I don't think it would be the same and it's never going to be as good of, of the energy we have seen the last few times around to, to Adam's point with, uh, you know, Reed and McElroy and, the, and just the energy off that crowd's insane. It's unlike anything else in the world of golf. But at the end of the day, I think I'm with Bob on this one. I think, I think I'm having a Ryder Cup because I think the world 
needs things still on the calendar to look forward to. I think uh, TV ratings would be just absolutely massive. Uh, there is the fiscal element that Bob referred to here that in a time where there's not a lot of money being lined up to be spent out there, uh, this is still a money maker when it comes to merchandising that would move to online. TV revenue is huge for this. Um, and I just think the numbers uh, would be huge from, from a television uh, audience standpoint. So I'm still saying that there's enough positives and, and a need to have it. Uh, to a bigger picture need maybe to have it. Uh, would it be the same? No. Would it, would it, would it, you know, something we would look back on 20 years from now and go, do you remember the Ryder Cup without fan? Of course. Uh, but I think we have it. I think they should run it. Uh, I'm against Rory and Kepka's attitude towards this. I'm with Weeks on this. I think Bob's got it right. And I'll throw one more little kind of note at you guys. It's something my mind's been kind of working overtime on here. Um, we've seen different production elements brought into golf uh, to, to try to fill up the broadcast and replace the fact that there's there's no uh, spectators. We saw, we, you know, Bob and I talked about the confession camera. We talked about, you know, players being mic'd up. What about miking up both teams? What about miking up everybody for the Ryder Cup? Coaches, uh, uh, captains, assistant captains, every player. What about bringing in, for lack of a better term, a celebrity element of the captaincy and teams? And I'm not talking like pure celebrities. I'm talking, let's make the teams huge in the sense that we bring our own fans. Let's bring back old captains, old assistants, legendary figure, figures in American golf, European golf and include them on these teams and get them out there. We're seeing this in other sports. You're going to laugh, but the WWE ran WrestleMania. It was supposed to be in front of 80. Well, it was supposed to be in front of 80,000 people. You know, they were supposed to be in front of 80,000 people. They brought in some of their own wrestlers that they uh, have at their performance lab and put them behind glass. So there was some cheering and whatnot in the arena you know, it, it, you could create some type of environment by bringing back, you know, bring out Jack. Let's, for Team USA, for instance, let's drag out Michael Jordan. Let's drag out Jack Nicholas. Let's, you know, let's invite the heritage and lineage of the team with some celebrities mixed in. Let's do it on the European side. Let's mic up everybody and let's have a Ryder Cup. So. I'm kind of with Bob, and I'd throw in some production elements. Bob, would you would you like to see something like that, where there's like an extra 15 bodies on each side with some heritage and some lineage of, of the history of the game, and maybe the odd Michael Jordan celebrity thrown in there, maybe a, a David Beckham on the European side walking <laughs> around with the uniform on? I'd rather see wrestlers on both sides just standing in the background, <laughs> body slamming each other as the go as the guys uh, go by. I think that would be great. I thought, yes. When you said wrestling, I thought that's where you were going to go. No, really no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, seriously, I would, like to would see, you like to I would, see that? Yes, yeah, sure. Bring something out. Bring some atmosphere to it without taking away from the actual matches. But I think it would be cool to see maybe have three or four or five of the past captains walking along or maybe have them stationed at different parts of the golf course or something. And, uh, and they could act as cheering squads or of some sort of shape, a one-man cheering squad perhaps. But um, that might be a cool <laughs> way to do it. 
All right, boys, on the other side, winners, weird, and what? So much to choose from this week in the world of golf, good, bad, and ugly. Coming up next, this is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, deep into hour two of GTC. Don't forget we're back on Thursday, 12 to 2, right here on TSN 1050 for a weekday edition of Golf Talk Canada Radio. And then back on the weekend in our usual time slot, which is Saturday mornings, 8 to 10 a.m. and uh, across the TSN uh network with our national golf talk canada radio all right boys let's do it three dub winners weird and what and the t is mine i'll answer the question you want answers i think i'm entitled you want answers i want the truth you can't handle the truth all right boys i i my my winner this week and i could go a couple different ways because brooks kepka kind of thought he went back at Nick Faldo, and I guess he did. And you're certainly playing with Faldo, poking around with him, because uh, Kepka had a big Sunday finish at the RBC. But my winner, I'm going to narrow it and just make it Nick Faldo. You know, Kepka last week took a shot again at the game, this time at the media. Uh, Mrs. Golf Talk Canada, by the way, boys, thinks he's doing this on purpose to get uh, to get his profile up. She thinks, uh, she thinks this is all done by design because he was sick of getting... Uh, ignored, but I, I don't know. Uh, to me, he just says things that he knows are going to rub people the wrong way. The most recent one, if the media would just shut up and announcers would just shut up, they might hear something. This was uh, his comments uh, when people when he was being asked about how he felt about being mic'd up on a golf course. So Nick Faldo on Friday, Kepka gets to the 18th tee. He's going to hit his shot. Faldo says to something and of course Kepka hits it and it's dead silence I mean you can hear a pin drop there's absolutely nothing at all worth capturing audio wise from anyone including Kepka and Faldo just comes out with that dry British wit Bob he comes out with fascinating stuff I just that was it he just is there anything better than the dry British humor when it just to fill that 30 seconds of dead air? And I'll tell you, 30 seconds of dead air in TV, not as bad as radio, but still pretty bad. And he fills it with <laughs> fascinating stuff, Bob. It was pretty funny, I got to admit. And and uh, Kepka went back at him later, repeating it on some, some social media, trying to get back and <laughs> forth. So there's a good little game going back and forth between these guys. And if nothing else, it's, uh, it's adding to the... Uh, 
to the watchability of the shows and things like you're waiting to see what what one of them is going to say about the other one now. I think it's a fun little spat going forward. And uh, and I don't think Mrs. Doc Golf Talk Canada is necessarily all that wrong either. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's on to something here. And guys, let's remember Faldo's been working remotely in the Orlando studios Why Nance has been on location as part of their new footprint for COVID broadcasts. At some point, Faldo and and Kepka are going to come face to face at some point. That'll be an interesting exchange. All right. Uh, my weird guys, when we woke up Monday morning, Dustin Johnson was outside the top five in the world for the first time since early 2016. And when you think about what he has achieved in the last several years with the U.S. Open victory, the dominating performance uh, at uh, the Century Tournament of Champions in Hawaii, the almost dominance of the World Golf Championships, other than Tiger, nobody has owned the WGC events the way Dustin has. And I'm wondering at some point, when does this become part of the narrative? We talked about Sergio Garcia a couple of weeks ago and the monkey on his back as the, you know, maybe the greatest underachiever of all time. Jason Day was in that category. Yada, yada. We, you know, we threw a lot Ricky Fowler of, of the current crop, not all time, but the present day. Adam, at what point does Dustin Johnson's name start to come into this conversation? Because a guy of that talent, a guy who has lived inside the top five in the world for over four years, now still just one major, not in the top five. At some point, he's got to catch some heat, doesn't he? Yeah, 100% agree. It's It's been some time for Dustin Johnson. And yes, you know, last year he had those two runner-up finishes at the major championships, at the, the Masters and the PGA Championship. But so far this year, it's been a, a very mixed bag with DJ. He, it's, he's got a revolving door of putters. I think he's, he's got to stick to one putter, at least to the best of his ability. And, and only go with one, and then let's, let's see if he can go on a bit of a run here. He played some some pretty good golf throughout the uh, the week at the RBC Heritage with four uh, four rounds in the 60s. But for DJ, I mean, the clock is almost ticking, right? Yeah, he's not getting any younger, and uh, this is not a 25-year-old Dustin Johnson. So uh, you're right. And, and quickly, guys, my what this week is what a nice little comeback for Chris Kirk. He gets it done on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, walked away from the game, uh, battling alcoholism and depression, and has now find, uh, found his way back to a, 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 clear, a clear head, a clean lifestyle, and a victory on the Corn Ferry Tour. So well done for Chris Kirk. Uh, got to applaud that victory there. What a comeback. All right, Bob, the tea is yours. So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, my winner this week actually is the scoreboard. It's the uh, scoreboard <laughs> at the Heritage, the RBC Heritage last week. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but but having gone through the long drought of the PGA Tour, of no PGA Tour. I thought last week's scoreboard, even though it was they ripped apart the, the golf course and they broke all the scoring records, I thought it was amazing. 51 players ended up in double digits. And the the stat that was, uh, was interesting, the last two years, this tournament has been won with a score of 12 under par. This time out, 12 under par got you a tie for 33rd spot on the leaderboard. So you can see they went deep. Now, some of it, I think, is the condition of the golf course. It was softer, different time of year. Winds lay down a little bit, as Mark was saying to us on the video podcast uh, about the wind switching and, and dying down a little bit. And I think the depth of field also 
um, makes it a little bit better. Also, the fact that none of these players are banged up. You know, at this time of the year, people are generally nursing ailing arms, backs, knees, shoulders, whatever. But I think everyone's pretty healthy coming into this week. So uh, I don't know, Adam. I found it fun. I didn't really care that they were 22. It could have been two. But there were so many players with a chance to win and so many birdies. I thought it made it a lot of fun. You know what? It was almost like they're playing a video game. Like everything just looked automatic. The fairways were soft. The greens were soft. They're making putts from all over. Just goes to show these guys are good. And when the conditions are that you know easy for them, they're going to take advantage of it. My weird is uh, takes us to that back to that positive COVID test for Nick Watney. It was weird how he discovered it using his Whoop band, which is a physiological uh, kind of Fitbit thing that you wear on your arm or your, your either your bicep or your sleeve, and it gives you a lot of readout of different things about your body and what it's going through. And he noticed a measurement on there, a uh, respiratory measurement that was uh, uh, sort of a telltale sign that he might have COVID. He hadn't been feeling all that well the night before, so he decided to go to the golf course to get tested. But what's weird is. Well, after he got tested, he kind of walked around the golf course. He walked, he went over to the putting green, he went to the driving range, um, and, and he didn't know if he was positive or negative at that point, and he could have infected a lot of other people. Now, they actually went and found there were 11 other uh, individuals who he had contact with. None of them tested positive, so that's a good thing. But I think the PGA Tour's got to keep those people kind of isolated while they're waiting for the test results, don't you think, Mark? Yeah, uh, Bob, that's a no-brainer. If there's a policy change that needs to be made, if you're awaiting a result because you think you have a symptom, you need to self-isolate. That's got to be a no-brainer. And There's only one other thing to add to this, guys. Whoop, there it is. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. All right. Uh, my, my what this week very quickly is what's going on with Jason Day. Since he came to the Travelers Tournament last year where he had a top-10 finish, He's had six missed cuts and only one top 10 finish. He has fallen to 56th in the world. Um, he had a fourth place finish at Pebble Beach this year, which is the only one he's had a top 10. And he does have a, a tie for 16th as well. But man, Jason Day, I just hate to see this guy obviously ailing, obviously dealing with back injuries. Because when he was at his prime, when he was hitting it beautifully and winning major, a major and winning so many tournaments like the RBC Canadian Open and contending for the Open Championship, he was so much fun to watch, and he's so much fun to be around. And it's kind of sad that uh, he's going to be on, he seems to be on the downside of what's going, whatever's going on with his body at this point. All right, Adam Skelly, the tea is yours. So, so what do I do, just aim? Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. All right, fellas. So uh, Mark Brooks Kepka was a part of your uh, your winner this week, maybe in, in a negative way. But a Kepka is a winner for me this week, and that is Chase Kepka, his younger brother, who Monday qualified for this week's Travelers Championship. He shot a five under sixty seven at Ellington Ridge Country Club on Monday, then made it through a five for two playoff to qualify for the tournament. This will be his third PGA start of the season. It'll be his first event that he hasn't needed the sponsor's exemption for. So good for him for qualifying. And what's even cooler. Brooks was there on hand as a spectator and to congratulate his younger brother. Uh, a great story there for Chase Kapka. Looking forward to seeing what he can bring this week at the Travelers Championship. My weird this I, week. Hold on, hold on, one sec. I'm sure Kapka <laughs> added some real fascinating commentary to that round. There you go. Who's gonna be who's gonna be low Kepka this week? That's what I want to know. <laughs> low ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. I I, I like that. Sorry, My weird. Adam. No, no, don't be sorry. My weird this week, 
The Bunker Gate on the 18th hole. After Webb Simpson and Ryan Palmer finished their round on Sunday, there were still just one group to play. That was Terrell Hatton and Abraham Answer. Ryan Palmer and his caddy noticed that the back bunker on 18 hadn't been raked. That's a big no-no, and they found out it was Carlos Ortiz's caddy who failed to rake the bunker. Mark, you can't, you can't do this. Well, aren't we under COVID rules? I don't know. At the Toronto Hunt, uh, we no one's raking bunkers. We just play preferred lies. Oh, hold on a second. This is the PGA Tour. Yeah, you can't do that, can you? <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. What happened there? Did... Now I, I I know the story you're talking about. I, I heard I heard what uh, what was reported. I did not hear a comment coming back from Carlos's caddy or Carlos. Has have they said anything since, Adam? Yeah, I I haven't heard that. But you guys mentioned you're looking forward to seeing the Nick Faldo Brooks Kepka showdown. How about the Ryan Palmer Carlos Ortiz caddy <laughs> showdown? I think that's going to be the undercard, right? I mean, I, that is it. <laughs> that is the undercard. HBO Boxing presents. <laughs> And before we go to break, my what? We have talked at length about Daniel Berger's streak. Now 32 consecutive rounds shooting par or better. My what is, who is second? The name might surprise you. Bob, any guesses on who is second on the list right now? I'm going to take myself out of this because I actually checked because I saw your, your thing and I went and I was shocked. I was shocked. He's not even playing on the PGA Tour. Mark, any guesses? This year. He's not playing on the tour this year, and he has the record? That's his insane. Record, his record is was established when he was playing the tour last year. Yep. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Uh, I, um, I don't know. I'm going to let this go in the, say, in the name of time. Who is it, Scully? Canadian Adam Svensson, who has 19 consecutive rounds of par or better on the PGA Tour. And as Bob mentioned, he's not on the PGA Tour right now. He's on the Corn Ferry Tour. In his last 17 PGA Tour rounds of 2019, he shot par or better. That also includes a 61 during the second round of the Wyndham Championship when he was scaring 59. Pretty wild, eh, Mark? Pretty wild, and also pretty wild to hear those numbers and not be guaranteed a big spot on the big tour. Goes to show you how hard it is out there. That is absolutely crazy. All right, Scully, we will talk to you Thursday right here on another GTC Radio. On the other side, Bob and I will put a bow on today's show, get you caught up on 20 weeks of TaylorMade and all things GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Oh, what a busy show it was. Great show. This week, of course, Travelers Championship. It happens Thursday. CTV2 and TSN have the weekend coverage of the Travelers Championship. We'll be on the air Thursday, 12 to 2, so we'll have some live leaderboards and live golf to get you caught up on, on Golf Talk Canada Thursday. Also, tomorrow, 
uh, roughly around this time tomorrow, tsn.ca, we dropped the Golf Talk Canada video podcast where Bob, Adam, and I jumped a little deeper into the action this uh, previous week on the, at the RBC Heritage down at Hilton Head. Great field this week, Bob, at the Travelers Championship. Top five in the world back in the field. Patrick Reed back in the field. I understand you're working on a little something for tsn.ca about maybe golf's current villain, Patrick Reed. <laughs> well, there's probably no player who thrives more on the crowd either for him or against him than Patrick Reed. So it's interesting to kind of hear his observations on, A, what it's like playing in front of nobody, and B, what it would be like to playing the Ryder Cup, where he can be the uh, really make that black, hawk, black hat stick out, uh, if it would be with no fans, if they do go ahead with it, and see what his take on that is. No, I'm looking forward to reading that. Now, when does that drop in that story, Bob? Is it uh, tomorrow? Next that should day, be by the end roughly? of day, end of the day today. Should be by the end of the day today, right around dinner time. End of the day. All right, right around dinner time. If you're looking for a little reading after dinner. You can check out Bob's uh, story on Patrick Reed uh, and catch that on TSN.ca. And of course, I'm sure Bob will be tweeting it out as well on social media. 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. Speaking of social media, and th- this week we're giving away a trust putter. That is a trust putter. You need to follow us at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us at Golf Talk Canada, Twitter, Instagram for your chance to win the trust putter. Close to 20,000 prizing throughout the summer right here on Golf Talk Canada. Big grand prize is, uh, ooh, what is that? Second week of September this is the U.S. Open. We're going to give away a full set through the bag, tailor-made golf clubs. Get treated like a tour pro for the day. That is the grand prize, 20 weeks of tailor-made. Bob and I are back Thursday, 12 to 2. Video podcast tomorrow, Saturday morning, 8 to 10. And don't forget, August 1st, Golf Talk Canada returns to television, and it is going to be a heavy-duty August-September for GTC. Every Saturday morning, two hours of Golf Talk Canada radio, simulcast on TSN2 TV. You can watch or you can listen every Saturday, two hours of Golf Talk Canada, and we'll be getting ready for lots of Saturdays at majors and lots of Saturdays at playoffs, FedEx Cup playoffs. Also, we return weekly to Golf Talk Canada Weekly TV, our podium show first week of August as well, with a PGA Championship preview special. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.